because like what I'm remembering is like the very first episode when he was first introduced, he was like, Archie, you're ripped now. What were you doing? Bunch of steroids, lol. But I didn't take that as to mean like, why didn't you buy your steroids from me? <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, I could have given you a two for one discount, man. I thought we were friends. <laughs> Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Fictionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 22-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like rooting anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at The 100 Script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. My favorite painting is The Starry Night by Vincent Van Gogh, as cliche as that might be. It's not cliche. That's a classic choice. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 20-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I'm on Twitter at Appertania, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. My favorite painting used to be Nighthawks, which we're talking about today. Um, but lately I've been doing an artist on Instagram named Crystal Ma, who does like heckin' cool resin swirl paintings that kind of look like sparkly galaxies. Mm-hmm. And you should go check her out because they're really cool. Yeah. 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 Today we have words to say about episode 202 of Riverdale, Nighthawks. Before we talk about the title and the titular painting, let's go to thoughts from listeners. We are so lucky to have listeners that care about what we get wrong. (laughs) You know? (laughs) It warms my heart that I'm not the one that got anything wrong because I was not here last week. Yeah. So it's just all you and Sam being wrong-o. And, and you haven't listened to it yet, right? So I'm going to have to explain to you what, we, what people are uh, correcting us about. Yeah. I, hi, guys. I only just got internet because I moved, so I wasn't here. You can't see me, but I'm waving. I don't know why I'm waving. Hello. I've missed you all. I'm waving back. Everybody wave. <laughs> Unless you're driving, in which case, keep both hands on the wheel. Thank you. At 10 and 2, please. Unless you're me, and then you just drive with, like, one at the bottom. Okay, listener thoughts. Okay. Um, The first one is that I missed something that I noticed after I watched the first episode again. And it's Mm -hmm. that Alice calls Jughead Snake Pliskin. And so I wanted to bring that up because I didn't... Because I didn't last time. Um, It's the... He's the main protagonist of Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. Portrayed by Kurt Russell. Mm -hmm. And... Let's see here. The movies follow his apprehension by the United States police force and subsequent conscription to extract top secret material. This feels like she literally just called him Snake Pliskin because his first name is Snake. Uh, yeah. It doesn't really feel like an anti-hero. That's like it. I feel like all of her roasts are like well thought out, but also not always relevant. I also want to give a shout out to Janice who tweeted us at Janice... 16728574, who pointed out that Ben, the dude that Miss Grundy was um, defiling at the end of last episode, was the guy who gave Kevin popcorn (laughs) uh, uh, in the fourth episode, the picture show episode. Um, (gasps) Wow, that is some attention to detail. Yeah. See, I didn't even pick that up because, like, I don't know. I'm like, when did you move to Greendale, Ben? He's like, we're out of hot dogs. And I'm like, well... So you move away because you lost your job? I don't know. I have questions now. But, like, way to freaking go. Yeah. Um, Janice, as well as at LTaylor088 from SoundCloud, uh, pointed out that Grundy's murder weapon was the bow that Archie gave her, which we thought it was, like, some sort of sword or something. (laughs) You know what? To be fair, when I was watching the episode, I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah. I thought it was, like, a special new type of murder weapon I'd never seen before. I mean... We should have known because duh, yeah. but yeah. yeah, thanks 
to those two for pointing it out. Also, we were talking about how in the graduation scene, uh, Cheryl's the only one who's not wearing a cap and gown. She's just wearing all red. And we speculated that maybe she was like a year younger than them or something. But then Mm -hmm. we were like, if Polly is Betty's older sister, then like, why is she dating somebody two years younger than her? Blah, blah, blah. But um, Megan Strain on SoundCloud pointed out that in episode 101, Archie tells Jughead that Jason was just 17 and Cheryl says that she is the senior captain of the River Vixen. So it's not that she's a year younger than them. It's because she's a year older older. than them. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Duh. But if she's a year older, why does she share classes with Archie? True. And like, why does she like show up to their graduation? Like, are they friends now? Well, I have an answer to this question. Okay. It's that the writers don't actually care about the continuity of it. Mm. I think We should have known. Yeah. And I mean, I don't care as long as Cheryl's there. <laughs> yeah. So thank you to Janice at LTaylor088 and Megan for helping us out. And if you guys have any listener thoughts, I'll be checking SoundCloud, but the best way to get a hold of us to put your thoughts in the episode is uh, through Twitter. But also thank you so much anyway. Yeah, for sure. I like all those people. I like that you guys were wrong about stuff. That warms my heart. I mean, you know what? We do our best, but sometimes our best isn't good enough. You know? When you try your best, but you don't succeed at getting facts right about Riverdale. Uh, You could have found a, a rhyme, probably. Um, wow. I wish I was sorry. Okay, um, so anyway, let's talk about Nighthawks. Okay. Nighthawks is a 1942 oil-on-canvas painting by Edward Hopper that portrays people in a downtown diner late at night. So, I mean, that makes sense. It's relevant. But um, since it used to be your favorite painting, why don't you talk a little bit about, like, what it actually means? Well, Nighthawks is very much, like, the whole spirit of Riverdale, right? It's Mm -hmm. basically, like, the the isolation that happens with modern day urbanism which is you're very much alone in a crowd surrounded by people right which is at some point how all the characters of riverdale have felt is just really isolated even though they're absolutely surrounded by other people their characters it's just like the city itself has sort of that neon grungy look of nighthawks it's very much like the aesthetic of the show and the feel of the show mm-hmm. so it is totally it's so applicable this episode with like the whole almost rise and fall of Pop Tate's Chocolate Shop, right? Yeah. Should we get started? Yeah. All right. So the first storyline that we're going to talk about is The Lodges. So first of all, Smithers tries to like warn Veronica to not go out the front door and that makes Hiram displeased. She references this New Yorker cartoon uh, and apparently it's a really like I didn't know this, but it's a really, really popular cartoon and it's like a whole thing and it's like a household name. Like it was a it was a big deal. It was drawn in 1993 and the guy who drew its name was uh, Bob Markoff Mm -hmm. or Mankoff. I can't read my own writing, Um, but (laughs) I don't know. I mean, since I wasn't super familiar with the cartoon it or just like felt, alive in 1993. It was just, yeah, that's true. I wasn't alive in 1993. But I was, I was like four, so I'm excused. Wait, these kids were even younger. Well, what the hell? Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like a really weird. It seemed really weird to me. It's um, like I feel like it would have been less weird if she had said, "Is never good for you," it's rather than being like, "To quote this thing." You know what I mean? It was just I don't I don't know what I'm saying. 
No, I totally buy it. Here's why. Because that's Veronica in a nutshell. She will make obscure New York-centric references that we don't get, but who, like, people from New York or Americans in general will absolutely get. I guess my thing is that, like, her dad would get it, too, so why does she have to cite exactly where she got the quote? Because she's a sassy little, uh, (laughs) I can't swear. Yeah. (laughs) Because she's sassy and funny, and she's like, showing off how smart she is okay yeah so you've been told sure yeah the next time we have some lodge drama Hiram has shown up at school and Betty and Kevin are either um, like I'm not sure did they never google what he looked like is that what they're amazed by that he's good looking yeah yeah okay I just thought like why you didn't google him yeah you'd think because they've seen him in the news and stuff yeah yeah, it must be like, oh, he's a DILF. Another one. <laughs> Another one. Snaps for that. Which, like, no, literally snaps for that. Thank you so much. They cast, like, specifically good-looking dads because that's what people want to see. That is, you know what? That is what the people want to see, especially the people who are watching Riverdale in the first place. Yeah. Because you've got your Cole Sprouse fans, and then you've yeah. got people who are the exact same age who are, like, your, like, FP fans or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're into, like... The 20-somethings or the DILFs, then there's nothing in between. Like, let's think about it. Sheriff Keller, pretty okay-looking dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Archie's dad, absolutely, of course. He was yep. on, what, 90210? Is that the, yep. That's the one he was on, right? Jughead's sure. dad, yeah. He was, like, a teen heartthrob, too, right? Yeah. Let's see. Who else do we have? Veronica's dad, obviously. And then, you know, for those of us of the gay persuasion... Of course. Or the bi persuasion. It's just like a whole thing because there's also hot moms. Exactly. Like Veronica's parents, both bombshells. Yeah. Obviously the actual main cast is hot, but like the parents yeah. are also hot. Like even... God bless the CW. Even Betty's dad and Cheryl's dad. They're not ugly guys. If you don't think Cheryl's dad was one of the weirdest looking motherfuckers <laughs> I've ever seen, I don't know what to say to you. Okay, but he wasn't Steve Buscemi, okay? Yeah. All right. Well, that's a fair point, isn't it? (laughs) But like Penelope, beautiful. Alice, beautiful. Hermione, beautiful. Yep. We haven't met Jughead's mom yet, but um, Molly Ringwald. She's obviously going to be beautiful. I love Molly Ringwald. Yeah. I mean. I like that she came back again. Yeah. Snaps. Snaps for the casting director. Yeah. Whoever, whoever's doing this, like, I just, I love the CW's commitment to the beautiful people aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh my God, Josie's mom. Mm-hmm. Hello. Yeah. Josie and her mom, probably the two, like two most beautiful people actually. Yeah. Basically what's happening is Robin's c- continually saying basically and starting every sentence with basically, but. Every time Robin says basically take a shot, it's the new fiction idols drinking game. You Sorry. will die. <laughs> we do not <laughs> we do not endorse <laughs> getting just blackout drunk because I'm saying basically too many times. Hiram is trying to be a good dad, I I guess. And she's like, "Listen, I can't just take away all these bad feelings I've had." And he's like, "Hey, let me help you with your drive-in thing." And she's like, "Whatever, dad. Talk to me about how much you like Veronica because I wasn't a super fan this episode." Are you fracking kidding me? I'm, I live for this. I know. That's why, that's why I need you to be on this side. Okay, so here's the thing about Veronica. Her parents have done nothing but screw her over. Right. Like, Veronica has had so much character development from the beginning of the season to now, right? 
Mm -hmm. So we've seen Veronica go from like the mean girl and, you know, she really talks about how much she repents about her past. So Veronica's had a lot of growth. Her parents have had none. So while she's Mm. growing and becoming a really good person, her parents are continually shady. They treat her like, you know, obviously like, you know, she's a spoiled brat, right? So like she gets whatever she wants, but um, they're emotionally manipulative and abusive towards her. The letter that her father wrote, Mm -hmm. hello, that's so messed up. You don't threaten your child. So if you're Veronica, you're looking at two grown adults who have no morals, who are raising you, lying to you, treating you poorly. The, the bare minimum of what she can do is be sassy. I think that what's coming in with this was my thoughts from last episode when she was threat not really threatening, but um, what's the word? Accusing? Accusing her mom of things that she really didn't really have any proof over like I think that this episode shows more of that and the thing that really confuses me about this and I think that's potentially where we're going next Mm -hmm. yeah but Hermione like I understand why she covered for him because that's why she so that Veronica wouldn't freak out and they'd still be kind of like uh we're a happy family but I mean, if I was Veronica, now I'm mad at my mom. I mean, here's the thing about Hermione is I feel like they've really retconned a lot of early Hermione because mm-hmm. they didn't know what to do with her yet. And so now they're kind of turning her into a Penelope Blossom type character. Yeah. Which I'm not here for. I'm really hoping that her arc this season is realizing that she's in a marriage where it's in- incredibly unhealthy. It's like two snakes, right? Being married to each other. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that the course of this is Hermione finally getting the courage to leave Hiram, realizing that it's not a great relationship and putting Veronica before him. Cause right now she's putting Hiram before Veronica. The thing that's really baffling to me about this is that clearly you can tell when you watch it over again, that Hermione has never seen this letter. She's reading it for the first time. And yet, she goes back to being, like, holding Hiram's hand and, like, he threatened you. Well, behind your back, that's, even. That's the deliciously evil thing about it, right? Is, like, if they're leaning into this sort of manipulative power couple thing, then it's a truly beautiful moment. Because it's, like, she doesn't care what's in the letter. She's She's standing behind him because they're all about this power play that's going on. And if that's the case, I, then the scene is cool as hell. Yeah, I mean, the, the way that I would think if it was me, I guess, the way I would think that her mind was going was kind of like, well, he needed her testimony. And maybe I'm sure she believes that he would never have actually hurt her or done anything. And that was just to get Veronica to do a thing. What is that noise? Oh, my God. That's sorry. That's you, man. What <laughs> happened? My TV turned off. <laughs> <laughs> what were you watching? It wasn't what, I, I had Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives paused and it restarted. <laughs> My bad. So, but, but what Veronica's really yelling at him about in this scene is that they get news that um, Pop's diner was purchased by an anonymous buyer. And the last time it was an anonymous buyer, it was him. Yeah. So she's assuming that it's him. I mean, Veronica's such a typical teenager here. She's like... I must connect these two dots without thinking, why are these dots related in the first place? Yeah. She just like runs headfirst into it, not really thinking, oh, I should ask 
I should just go straight to accusations. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is that she's like, I was always your fiercest defender and such. And I'm like, okay, for the first four episodes. And then it was just like, was it my dad? It was my dad. Oh, it wasn't my dad. But what if it was my dad? Yeah, but the thing about that is, and like, I, to- I totally deeply relate to like whatever is going on with mm-hmm. Veronica is once someone has let you down like that, especially if it's like a parental figure, it's impossible to come back from that in a swift fashion, right? So like once that right. seed of doubt was planted in her brain, even if it wasn't even correct at the time, I don't think it'll be out for a long time. Yeah, and that's kind of what she talks about with like the whole blindfold metaphor. Yeah, exactly. Like once she knew okay. that her dad wasn't the hero that she thought she, he was, it, she, she, it was it was over for her. Mm-hmm. The next time that we see them, it's like Veronica looking through pictures of her and her dad on her phone and Jughead walks in and comes to talk. I think this this scene was really important to have. Mm-hmm. And I think that the writers knew that, but they just like made it happen in a weird way. Just because they're like, ooh, you know who she should talk to? Jughead. That would make so much sense. But like, how do we get Jughead to talk to her when they're like not really that close? And literally, it's just him walking in and being like, hi, I'm not Archie or Betty, obviously. Let's talk. Oh, see, I totally bought it. Yeah? Tell me why, because I didn't. They, they're both kids who have really shitty parents who have been through eerily similar circumstances. You can automatically see why there's just a complete understanding between them that they don't even need to vocalize. I guess that I'm just thinking about the Jughead from the episode from last season, The Lost Weekend, mm-hmm. when he was like... You and Archie are my friends, not Kevin, not Veronica, not Ethel. None of them are my friends. I only have two friends. I don't want to talk to anybody else. So it's like strange to me that he would just walk in and be like, I don't know. I'm sure they like went through something through the episodes after that that made him kind of want to. It just doesn't seem like a Jughead thing for him to well, do, do you I think guess. this might be know. like that a, might a peace offering for, from Jughead? Where it's kind of like, I mean, like for what? To to become friends like be like okay i think jughead just saw like a kindred spirit and was like you know what she and i have been through enough let's let's be friends okay okay jughead just picks up a cupcake because he can't have his hands not on something and good thing it was food and no, but um, i love that detail about the season so far yeah he's he eating he's, a lot more just, he is eating yeah. yeah like sam sam said last episode she said trauma makes me hungry well, she said that about Jughead. And so it's like, now all these terrible things are happening. And he's just like, om nom nom. Yeah, he's like, emo- and like, I was literally thinking as I was watching this episode, how much he feels like comic book Jughead now. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever that emo thing was they were doing last season. I don't know. A lot of last season, I didn't really connect with Jughead, like in the way yeah. that comics Jughead should be. But yes, just this yes. little detail of adding in him snacking from time to time. Beautifully mm-hmm. done beautifully done and like this like yeah do i ha- still have hope for asexual jughead absolutely i do yes and i'm i'm waiting for it i'm i'm, I'm gonna wait so forever bad. for that i'm here i'm queer i want representation and i want it to be him <laughs> we'll talk about my representation later shall we yeah hmm. let's do it okay so basically basically she says <laughs> how shot. did you forgive yeah, yeah. How did you start to forgive your dad? And he said, he changed. He started actually trying. And so Archie almost lost his dad. Betty lost her dad for a bit. I'm losing my dad. If your dad wants to be around you, don't take it for granted. 
And it's like, it's really good advice. I just don't know if it's great advice for her specifically because her dad's garbage. Yeah, like, what's a dad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just kidding. I have um, a wonderful stepdad, but, like, what's a biological dad? They seem horrible. Um, some of them are okay. I'm kidding. I can speak yeah, I was for gonna my say, dad. Your dad's great. Yeah, your dad's great. Yeah. But, like, I, I, I think that's some of, sometimes the thing that people, because they're not friends, they can, they can give him, like, or Jughead gives her surface advice, right? Like, right. you know. Right, because he doesn't know. Exactly. He's like, well, if your dad's yeah. around, give it a shot. And she's like, well, yeah, I guess so. Like, not knowing. And I don't think either of them really know, like, the true evil of Hiram. Yeah. No. Yeah, you're totally right. Once they get to Pops, they all show up. They have a forgiveness thing because Veronica talked to Jughead, and now they're going to take and make a uh, a charitable donation to Pops, which is really lovely and nice. I love this little team moment. I love when they're all just sort of like together and working together on something. Yeah. yeah. I wish I wish it was more genuine. Why? Like it felt genuine in the moment, but like I wish that those two characters were being more genuine uh, yes. because I know that they're not. Okay. I'm, I meant that the actors did a great job. Just that. Oh, the characters are not, they're not a happy family, actually. No, okay. It turns out that they now own the diner and they're letting Pop stay on as manager. He's like, Hermione, thanks so much for lying for me. Okay, as soon as, like, while I was watching live, Mm -hmm. I put out a poll that basically said, did Hiram write the letter or did Hermione write the letter? And as, like, once they finally revealed that it was Hi- Hiram who did write the letter, I went and checked my poll really quick to, like, make sure that no one was like, oh, it was Hiram now. And Hermione was winning. Did you think that it was Hermione or Hiram? No, I thought it was Hiram. Yeah? Yeah. You could just... Because they pulled that trick twice in this episode, yeah. right? With Cheryl's testimony. Wait, right. is that this episode? Yes. Yeah. So with Cheryl's testimony and with Hiram and Hermione is thinking of things really quickly on the spot. And Hermione is obviously much better at it, but I was just watching it and I was like, if you watch this from the perspective of thinking this woman is in an emotionally abusive relationship, that exact thing makes perfect sense. The way that that I think is really telling is that she hands her the letter and her face is surprised. Mm-hmm. There's definitely like, you know, Marisol is an extraordinary actress, right? So... Mm-hmm the way she does it is absolutely beautiful where it's a really subtle moment, but if you watch her, you can see it. Right. But, you know, I watch it from the perspective of Hermione Lodge is in a borderline emotionally abusive relationship with her husband, and this is, like, a pattern of abuse that abuse victims might go down of Mm -hmm. covering for their abuser, right? Right. The next thing that happens is Archie is like, should I go talk to your dad? And she's (laughs) like, "Mm, not right now, but thanks. Which is like, great, because that's what I was thinking as soon as she was like, Archie, go sit down. He goes to sit down. Her parents walk in and I was just like, well, go sit him down right beside Archie. Nope. They can all have a chat. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm also just like, pretty sure Archie is high right now. (laughs) Yeah, Archie's like literally just in complete shock at... But I'm also like, Veronica, why can't you tell that your boyfriend is totally high? Um... Yeah, you'd think. Interesting that drugs don't make Archie more interesting. I mean, what? Who said that? (laughs) No, it's real, though. Yeah. But also, drugs don't make you more interesting, kids. Don't do them. Yeah, don't do drugs. We're talking about fictional drugs that don't exist, that are named stupid things like Jingle Jangle. What is this, a Christmas (laughs) drug? Have I ever done drugs? Yes, but they were all prescribed. Oh, my God. Did I scare you? (laughs) No, because I was like, the odds of Robin having done drugs are literally zero. (laughs) You're like, ah, the lies. Yeah. I, I was literally like, what lie slash terrible joke is she about to tell? <laughs> and you deliver. 
Yeah. All right. Thank you so thank much. You, okay. Thank you so much. Lastly, in this storyline, uh, there's a new Smithers because I guess Hiram didn't like him and his mother was ill. And so now they have someone named Andre. Sure, Jan. Andre's handsome, sure, though. Sure, Jan. Yes. No, for sure. Yeah. I mean, if I didn't have an emotional attachment to Smithers, I'd be like, bye, Smithers. <laughs> but like, see what Hiram's doing there? He's yes. eliminating all support systems for Veronica in their house. You're right. And you know what else he's doing is he just being like, maybe she won't be so mad because I gave her a cute guy. Which is complete bull. But I was worried about that, too. It's complete bull. And it it shows that he doesn't understand his daughter. Yeah. And he really, really, really wants to control her. Yeah. So Veronica literally, by saying we should try, she accidentally walked into, like, the lion's den. True. I'm ready to move on to Archie and such, if you are. Ugh, must we talk about Archie? Actually, you know what? To give Archie credit... He's been really good these last two episodes. He has been, yeah. hasn't yeah. he? I, j- I mean, he's not, he still isn't perfect. But like, re- <laughs> still isn't like the most interesting part of the episode. Yeah, but, but like reflexively, like I hate Archie, but not in like a hate way, just in like a yeah. boy, what is wrong with you way? But like, he's doing really well. I do freaking yeah. hate KJ Appa though, I'll tell you that. Yeah, he, we're not fans. He hates fat fans. people and Vancouver. I'm a fat person the in two Vancouver. two best things. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm going to walk up to him. I'm literally going to go down to the bar he hangs at downtown and be like, so what's up with that? What's up, dude? Anyway. Okay. So I think it's funny that Archie is bad at driving and cooking. First wow, of all. we have so much in common, actually. <laughs> He's like chugging 15 energy drinks and... Anyway, Fred is like up and at him and he's like, hey, don't do that. Sheriff calls him. He's like, no, I don't want to don't want to talk to you. The deputy, a.k.a. faceless person who also works with Sheriff Keller, but we never see. Yeah, I could really use more cop characters on the show, actually. We've literally only ever seen one. Yeah. Who was just like, Hermione, I found this bag in Mustang's room. Mustang Sally. That's it. <laughs> and so... The, the, like, one of the most unrealistic things about television these days mm-hmm. is that they talk on the phone and they don't say goodbye before they hang That's up. That's true. I always, like, like, because it's such a novelty to talk on the phone now, especially with, like, people you know, I, like, have the most obnoxious goodbyes. Yeah. yeah. All of our goodbyes are obnoxious. Or, like, if I'm talking in a professional environment, you always make sure to say bye because if someone hangs up on you, that's rude. It's super it's rude. Super and, rude. like, yeah, I know that Archie is, like, kind of pissed right now, but it's, like, not pissed enough for him to be, not to be, like... Fine, bye. Because otherwise, like, what if Deputy is still talking? Okay, but imagine a TV character saying goodbye. That would actually kind of sound weird, right? It kind of would. Because, like, if the... So, Archie's on the phone, he says, okay, bye. And then he has to hang up the phone and then turn back to the person and continue the conversation. It feels like an extra step that almost doesn't make it feel authentic. Yeah. But of course it is. Of course it is. Huh. But then again, like, I think in my head, I could definitely see Betty saying, okay, goodbye. Well, Betty has manners. Yeah. Okay. You're right. You're right. Okay. Moving on. Archie doesn't. Um, no, you totally right. Okay. I think it's funny yes, that does. Archie has these flyers that he's trying to hand out and everything. It's like, who drew that? Did he draw that? Or, or like, is this police station so big that they have an actual artist? In my head, I would love to think that Archie drew them. Okay. Uh, that if so, great job, buddy. Yeah. Cause I think that's an adorable concept. I'm sure it's like a police thing, but like. I think that would be... Like, Archie's trying so hard. He's like, I spent three hours drawing this guy's face. 
Veronica Veronica said it was good. <laughs> so Keller is not helping right now. He, you know what? Th- it didn't really happen in this episode, but something that I think I've pointed out before, but that I really, really love about this show is that, listen, Sheriff Keller is not the best at his job. He's not. But what's great is that even when all of his friends are ragging on how garbage Sheriff Keller is, Kevin is always there to be like, hey, he's doing his best. Or like, I'm sure he's like working on it or like whatever, because Sheriff Keller is so good with Kevin. But I feel like Sheriff Keller is doing his best in a town full of absolute crazies. Yeah, like Sheriff Keller did not sign up for this. It's not even that he's bad at his job. It's that how how are you the sheriff of of a small town and like people keep getting murdered and shot and there's like and it's like Twin Peaks but in a town. Like if I were Sheriff Keller, I'd be like and I don't know what to do with any of that. That's the thing is that like I love Sheriff Keller. No matter how many mistakes or dumb things that he does, I do love him because he. Do you remember that part in like I think it was the fourth episode, the drive-in episode, where he's just like talking to Kevin about being gay and it's fine. It's like, whatever. Yeah. The normalization. I love of it. Sheriff Keller. It's I have fantastic. no problems. Yeah. And I love that Kevin stands up for him all the time. It's like, they just have a really great relationship and I love them. Um, that's not super relevant to this episode. But whenever we say that about any parent child relationship on this show, it immediately gets wrecked. You're because right. think about how much we loved Hermione and Veronica's relationship. <sighs> I will yeah, forever and, mourn and, that relationship. And even Betty and Alice were going okay, and then Alice was kind of mean this episode. But I truly feel like they're making progress. No, I think they are too. Yep. Because that that huge moment, I can't remember if it was this. I watched both episodes back to back. But the part where right. Betty implies that maybe she slept with Jughead. Yeah. Alice only says, God, I hope you were using protection. She doesn't go nuts. Right. Why is my sister FaceTiming me? Everyone always FaceTimes us during this. Hi, Lindsay. I'm recording. What do you want? Oh, I need a favor. What do you want? All right. Um, I'll call you bye. after I'm done. Bye, Lindsay. Okay. I'll Robin see. says bye. Bye, Lindsay. Oh, hi, Robin. Bye, Robin. <laughs> bye. Bye. Something that is ridiculous to me is that Archie is like, hey, if your people are going on patrol, so am I. And I'm like, buddy, no. Do you think Archie and Jughead and Betty and Veronica know that they're not cops? I don't know if the, Jughead and Betty full on think they're detectives. No, they joke. absolutely do. They absolutely. And Archie think thinks he's part of the patrol. He thinks he's on the police. Veronica's just the one being like, um, okay. It it just cracks me up. You know what the thing that cracks me up the most about them thinking they're cops is what? Sheriff Keller kind of goes along with it a lot of the time. Yeah, he totally does. He gives them way more information than a cop like, should sure. give like a citizen. It's because he didn't sign up for this. I know. <laughs> He signed up to be the sheriff in a small town where nothing happens. Exactly. Which is a great plot for a TV show, which has been done a thousand times. Did you mean Stranger Things? Exactly. (laughs) I'm so excited for season two. Okay. So on his radio, it says there's a 53 in Greendale. I tried to look up what a 53 was. Like, I wondered if maybe, like, it was already a code for something. I couldn't really find much. But if 53 means somebody's dead or whatever... Sheriff Keller does not seem like anything has happened. He's literally like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, so- somebody's dead could be either like someone has passed away naturally or it's a murder. True. But also, like, why is Sheriff Keller being called to something that happens in a different town? See, now that's a fair question. Yeah. 
Like, that's, that's not his, uh, what's it called? Jurisdiction. Not his, yeah, not his jurisdiction. Exactly. That's what, you know what I meant. Yeah. Exactly. But it's like, I don't know why he's being called to that, but sure. See, this is what people come to this podcast for. Nitpicking police procedural instances <laughs> in a teen CW show. Us continuity yelling. Archie is really tired. He accidentally basically attacks Jughead. Archie's like seeing the, this gunman all over the place, hallucinating, not sleeping. It's not good. Archie, bud, you have PTSD and you need to sc- see the school counselor that Reggie was teasing you about. Exactly. But also frack Reggie for dis- distracting him from that. Yes. Betty realizes that, calls Veronica. Veronica's like, I will deal with this. So they're like walking down that stretch of sidewalk that everyone likes to walk down. And she's like, listen, I used to go to a therapist. You don't have to, but you should go to the counselor. And he's like, okay. So finally, here's Mitch. (sighs) Robin's like, I need to prepare for this. I'm just really sad because I was really excited for her. And I'm really hoping that maybe they survived. I don't know if that's plausible, but I hope they did. Either way, I knew she was here because I saw her twice last episode. Yeah, Robin was actually keeping track of her, like, like searching screen caps for Mitch. It's because I, I know that she wasn't, like, we weren't supposed to notice her because she hadn't been officially introduced. Like, this was her introduction. Mm -hmm. So, this is Midge. Here we go. I really feel like, listen, this new Reggie's doing a, a fine job, but this Reggie feels like a different Reggie. You think? Do you feel that? Or am I crazy? No, you might be crazy. Okay. I mean, I guess I just like, maybe this is just like new Reggie details that we didn't know before, which is clearly what it is. But like last year's Reggie was like, hey, I'm a douchebag, but I'm still your friend. Um, hey, I'm on the football team. Uh, like, hey, let me just tease you about some stuff, but I'm still going out and hanging out with Veronica in the club. And this Reggie is like, I have hard drugs for you. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the drug dealer angle. That's uh, new. Because, like, what I'm remembering is, like, the very first episode, when he was first introduced, he was like, Archie, you're ripped now. What were you doing? Bunch of steroids, lol. But I didn't take that as to mean, like, why didn't you buy your steroids from me? <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, I could have given you a two-for-one discount, man. I thought we were friends. <laughs> like, isn't it kind of like a... You're on the football team. You can't be doing that stuff, you know? It is It is really weird that Reggie's a drug dealer. Because, like, Reggie Mantle from... Th- that's just so far from Reggie Mantle in the comics. Yeah. Because Reggie Mantle is, like, snobby and rich the way Veronica is, right? And and maybe it just feels like a new Reggie specifically because it is a new Reggie. And it's, like, something that old Reggie would have done, but it just doesn't feel like it because it is a new dude. Well, I think they just... They're taking the character in a new direction because they can finally mm-hmm. use Reggie. Right. Just like we were talking about, about last uh, last episode, it's like suddenly Pop is a person. Yeah, finally, I really like that this he's finally getting screen time. He was faceless last season. Yes, he was. He meant nothing. But in the comics, he's so important. Yeah, Pop Tate's a really important character. Yeah. And the chocolate shop is a character in itself. So exactly, f- I w- really appreciated how much an Archie comic this actually this episode really felt. You know what Jingle Jangle is? Um, it's a drug that is distributed around Christmas time. Obviously, it's a song by the Archies. <gasps> oh, yeah. 
That makes um, sense. Just like, you are my candy girl, which is what they sang last season. Oh, okay. So Archie is here. He's talking to, well, he, he's thinking about talking to Miss Burble, who is a person in the comics, and she's the guidance counselor. So that's a person that exists. He's like, basically, I want something that'll keep me awake. He makes a dumb boner joke. <laughs> the funniest part is that he calls him Wonder Bread, and I think that's funny. It is funny. Um, so there's that. But also, why would a teenager need a problem with, like, keeping it up? Yeah. The, the amount of yeah. time that this show spends, like, talking about, like, underage sex and boners and stuff, I'm like, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uncomfortable at all times. Yes. yes. So, Weatherby is here, and he's basically standing up in front of the class and saying, lol, bye, Grundy, which is how I feel about most things. But, of course, there is a wide shot, and so I need to tell you exactly who else in that class. Oh, no. Here we go. It's not it's not that many people actually. Okay. Um so Dilton, Archie, Reggie, Moose, Kevin, and Oh, that's it. Those are all the people that we know who are in that class. The weird thing is that like a bunch of like the guy beside Archie that we don't know is like staring at him. And wow, I like extra was really doing a lot that day, hey? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, but dude, I don't think you're supposed to know. Unless you were like at the party where they all like spoke about their secrets and everything, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that that, that that came out at the party. Yeah, it did. And so, like, either that guy was at the party or that guy was not paying attention <laughs> to what he was supposed to be doing. Either way, Archie leaves. And I think it's so ridiculous that Weatherby's like, oh, Mr. Andrews. And I'm like, this is a totally plausible thing for someone to do when someone's passed away. Yeah. Of course, someone's going to go and, and leave if, if, it's, if it affects them. Yeah, you're going to have a really weird reaction to stuff, especially after, like, it being one of your teachers. Mm-hmm. Archie has this big conspiracy theory, which like totally makes sense from the perspective of Fred being shot mm-hmm. and Grundy being hurt. But after Midge and Moose, I'm not so sure. What do you mean? Um, oh, because that would never happen. Well, the thing is that like, I, I kind of wanted, I had thoughts about this in like the, the next episode prediction sort of thing, but I'm wondering if this guy isn't really going for people that Archie cares about because, like, since when does Archie care about Moose and Midge? Besides hanging out with Moose on the football team and, like, doing some construction work with him. Yeah, no, I don't think it has anything... Like, Archie thinks it has something to do with Archie because, you know, rightfully so, he's very much in his own head right now. Mm -hmm. But I truly don't think it has anything to do with him. I can talk... I'll talk about this now, but uh, in the trailer... Um, they say that he's calling himself the Black Hood. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how they found that out, whether he, like, contacted them and said so or something. I'm not sure. But the Black Hood is an actual Archie Comics char- superhero character. He's a hero. He fights for good. Oh, and okay. And so someone had this theory that maybe he's specifically going after people who have broken the law. Okay. Like, Fred has been dealing with Hiram in this dirty sort of thing, right? Mm -hmm. So shoot Fred. Archie hasn't done anything wrong, I guess. That's the reason why he didn't kill him. And then this other, this person, I think it was just, like, a website. It was, like, Cosmo or something ridiculous like that. But they said that he killed Miss Grundy because, I mean, statutory rape AF. Yeah. And then... Moose and Midge are out here and doing drugs and they get immediately killed. So, so someone thought maybe it was like a whole thing. You're thinking someone's taking out like sinners? Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. So that's the thought. I mean, I had like, um, I mean, if we're talking about like theories and stuff, I had this yeah. like 
out of like obviously not gonna happen but i was like you know if archie's like been up for that long and dissociating that much like i would love if he was secretly miss grundy's killer oh my god right oh my god if archie just like went nuts and was like the person who killed all these people yeah that would be a serious thing that like the writers could do i know I thought that was really like, cool. They'll Archie would be irredeemable it. after that. Yeah, they'll never do it, but I absolutely love it. Oh, I see. So you're saying like the gunman was actually the gunman and kill and tried to kill Fred yeah. because Archie would never do that. Yeah. But then after that, then it was Archie. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Alice, will you please check out what happened with Grundy? Because we know you kind of have an in with that. She's like, sure, no problem. Yeah, because it's like, um, look at Alice being on the team, slowly growing as but- a character. But my thing is that, like, she paid a lot of money to get Jason's autopsy report, and she's handing this guy another envelope, and I'm just like, I don't know if it was me. I'd be like, okay, well, you're going to cough up the cash that I'm going to need to pay to do this? But that's the thing, I think, is because it's Betty, and because Betty's asking, she's going to do it. (laughs) Okay. It's just me being like, I don't got that kind of cash. And it's me being like, look at Alice growing. I love her so much. She's so mean. (laughs) So we have... Neck lacerations, a crushed trachea. It was brutality. It was an act of passion. Like, the person felt her struggle as she was dying. It was, like, a whole thing. Mm -hmm. Did you know the victim? And she says no. Which, like, I guess not. Like, she met her, but she didn't actually know him. But you know what? I think that might be the other reason she was happy to fork the money over. It's just to see the closure and seeing that horrible woman disappear. Mm. Mm. Because, like, big frickin' mood. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Archie accidentally attacks reggie but like reggie that's literally the worst possible prank ever yeah reggie's an idiot the thing that i really like about reggie is that he's such a he's such a dumb jock this is like those dumb youtube pranks that are happening right now that just aren't funny at all and are actually really serious that was terrible he's basically the one who's going you need a gun because only a stupid head brings a bat to a gunfight And I was like, oh, come through, Indiana Jones reference. (laughs) But I just want to say for the record, I do like that this was put in here to explicitly show Archie's thought process that gets him to, I need a gun. Yeah. Archie doesn't immediately jump to it. The idea has to be presented to him. Yeah. And because Archie is inherently like not a person who would pick up a gun. No. So he's he's thinking, like, he would never do that until Reggie's like, well, or you could do this. And he's like, oh. Yeah. Not even a thought that crossed his mind. Exactly. We learned that there was no forced entry, and so she knew the killer. But we, like, we know that she didn't, I guess. Like, no, she didn't. We know that she, like, saw the window open, was like, uh-oh. So who's the bad reporter here? Like, who's covering this up? Huh. Because those, we very clearly saw two totally conflicting things, which means either they're really bad investigators, she left the window open and someone came through it, or that that's a red herring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, I I mean, we just don't know right now. Jot that one down as a clue, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It was the cello bow, which, shout out to those guys who (laughs) knew that and we were just dumb, didn't know. Uh, What's this wee business? You got a mouse in your pocket? No, I meant, I meant me and Sam. Sorry. I know. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> She's like, it was a different murder weapon, so it probably wasn't connected. And this is cool because Sam brought up last 
uh, episode that she thinks it's really strange that he went from gun to cello bow, like from shooting to strangulation. Like, why would he change that? And now it kind of makes sense. It's like because he didn't want him to be connected. That or it's a copycat or I think one interesting thing that the writers might be doing is really trying to either set up like a whole bunch of different murderers and it's like part of a ring mm-hmm. or um, they're having people commit murders that are more personal. Okay. You know, like the Pop Tates one was really public, but they went into Grundy's house. They went to Moose's car. It feels like these are right. more intimate murders. Uh-huh. So I think the writers took like the idea from last year and went, okay, so how do we set up this year's plot let's let's give this murder a motive okay i don't know that's that's my thought sure sure okay so archie goes to sheriff keller and says i know who the killer was it was her ex-husband and he's like how do you know that oh because we were close i listen i just talked about how much i love sheriff keller but like this is not the reaction that should have been happening he's like we were close and like you know we were close okay but like he must have found out about me really implies about what actually happened. And Sheriff Keller is like, "Uh uh-huh. Okay. Sure. When he should have been like, um, are you okay? Yep. Yeah. If I was Sheriff Keller, I'd be like, what? Wait, did Sheriff Keller know though? No, because if Sheriff Keller knew, she would have been arrested. Because I will forever maintain that the biggest injustice in Riverdale is the fact that Geraldine Grundy did not go to jail. I mean, at least she got brutally murdered. No, because you know I hate violence against women. I mean, she was a total yeah. pedophile, but I hate watching it. But at the same time, I am pointing my finger at my mic so strongly. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a mess. Archie thinks that it's he's being sent a message, which is totally a valid thought to have after what has happened yeah if i were archie i would probably jump to that conclusion ptsd and horrible things make you paranoid yeah totally but it's not the ex-husband and i'm like dude i don't know if you're crazy but i do know you're probably high like i can't i like he already has his drugs so i'm assuming that he's on them already oh you think i don't i i think if archie did them we would see him you think yeah i i think it should be a big moment because um, when we saw Moose and Midge do it, it was with the pixie sticks. Yeah. Um, which was the first time we saw it administered. So I think maybe next episode we might see Archie make a conscious decision to do it. Right. But, but I'm also, not sure. He says that he wants them so that they'll keep him up. But now he can sleep because he has a gun. So I don't know if he'll take it. Yeah. Anyway. So maybe he doesn't need to take it at all. Yeah. Which is like, now it's kind of like, ah, but he like, did he pay for him? <laughs> and he just like PayPal'd Reggie. <laughs> He Venmoed, he Venmoed Reggie. Yeah. Archie PTSD, a literal thing that I have. Um, Veronica calls him Daddy-O, which is kind of weird just because she keeps calling her daddy, daddy. Yeah, but Daddy-O's like 50 slang. Yeah. Uh, and then he sits down. Archie sees Dilton and he's like, it's okay, I'm with my friends, happiness. Lastly, Archie gets his gun from Dilton and it's like, <laughs> the writers were probably just like, oh man, Archie needs a gun. Where should he get it? Um... The nerdy one. (laughs) Dilton. The one who had a gun last... Like, the thing is, it's like, yeah, Dilton had a gun last season. And, you know, he was a little um, not so responsible with it. But I don't think that means, like, Dilton can get a gun whenever and also sells them to people who aren't qualified. 
It's America. True. But also, once again, Archie does not seem to pay Delton for this gun. So I'm like, clearly he PayPal'd him. Of course. Well, yeah. Yeah. Or like Delton's just a bro and was like, I know you're going through something. Just don't be stupid. Let me pay. For the record, they're both stupid. Yeah. Okay. Uh, FP's, FP and Pops? Yeah. Cool. So we have this like cute little flashback to Pops and then we see that it says Death Diner on it in the present. I think it's so weird that it's like, here's our our flashback scene for like 30 frames. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, that must have been a huge day on set with all these extras for like three seconds. I mean, do what you got to do. I guess. I like it. I like that commitment. No, yeah. I mean, like, I like it. I just think it's like, whoa, it's <laughs> a lot of work for nothing. Pop's staff quit on him. Of course, Betty is like, ah, I will take it upon myself to save it. I love because it. Because it's Betty. I love it. I love um, that Betty's like a Betty fix it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jughead's like, they should make a video game about you guys. Um, It's not about Betty and Veronica, but there is a video game about Archie. And it's called Archie's Riverdale Run. It looks meh, but I think it, it definitely came out before 2009, so that's why. Mm-hmm. The deal that FP gets is 20 years instead of 40, and Jughead seems to think that it's because he's got a really bad lawyer, but like, I don't know, the guy didn't seem terrible to me. Yeah, the problem is we didn't get to know that lawyer at all. Yeah, so I'm like, I don't know. They go to see Mayor McCoy, and she's like, kind of just meh about Pops, because she's like trying to make it a safe place and like i fully see her what's wrong with her logic to be honest what do you mean like you know they're saying you're turning your back on fp you're turning your back on pops and she's like listen if a bunch of murders happen in one place stop the place yeah i could see that it makes sense you know like i hate it because i love pops obviously but she's doing her job as the mayor i mean murders do tend to slow business down true I don't have any experience with this, but yeah, I feel like that's true. Like, I like their ideas, like make it a landmark or declare it Pops Day or whatever. Like, that's nice. But I understand her her problem with doing that. Absolutely. But it's like you're supposed to think she's a villain in that moment. And I'm like, no, I get it. <laughs> They're going to have an event at Pops. She's basically saying, this is where I met everyone, basically. Like, I always used to hang out with my family, used to hang out with my friends. This is where I met Veronica. This is where I met Kevin. It's just a really good There's just no, there's nowhere else in town to go. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Jughead goes talking with the serpents. He's saying, why don't we bust him out of jail? And I'm like, bud. (laughs) Yikes. Just, like, went really hard in the other direction there. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, um... Jailbreak. <laughs> the, the other interesting thing that I picked out of this thing is that he says, um, just up the river to the Canadian border. And it's like, okay. So that kind of like gives us a little bit of a guess as to where they are ge- ge- geography wise. Well, they're in New York. They're in upstate New York. I thought that's where Veronica was from. Veronica's from the city. Oh. Oh, honey. Well, here's the thing. Is that me and Sam were talking about this. Guess what their license plates say? British Columbia? Riverdale. They have Riverdale license plates. Well, it should say New York if they're in New York. I'm pretty. Riverdale is in New York, right? Or it's, is it Connecticut? Hang on. Don't know. There's a Riverdale in Utah. I always thought it was supposed to be upstate New York. 
I mean, that makes sense. I just don't know why it doesn't, like... And then the thing is that it has, like, a, an American flag in between the, like, three letters and numbers. Or, like, the six. Like, uh-huh. there's three and three and then the thing. And so I literally yeah. looked up United States license plates to, like, look at all of them and see if I could find one that kind of looked similar. And I couldn't find one. Yeah, no, it's totally made up. I just, I, I believe that it's in... Yeah, yeah, I believe it's an upstate. I just New don't York. know why they don't have a state freaking license plate instead of a city license plate. Ugh, Probably so they don't have to commit to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's like, you should go see Penny Peabody. Love that name. Yeah. <laughs> Betty and Veronica go to see Cheryl. She calls them Humpty and Dumpty, which I think is funny. And now Josie is a vixen. Finally, Josie getting screen time. Yeah, she was not doing a whole... Didn't really feel like she was doing much last uh, last season. No, she was missing from so much of the first season. It was like but Josie also, and Reggie. But also, remember my theory from the beginning of season one where Cheryl and Josie were real heckin' close. I see it mm-hmm. in this moment. Yep. My ship lives on. If they're setting that up, I'm gonna be super excited. My ship lives on. Yep. Um, she's like, hey, the vixens should help at Pops. And she says, actually, the answer is a double cherry on top. No. And they're like, like, well, that's rude. He goes into this tattoo shop. People are getting serpent tattoos. This is Penny Peabody. Uh, she exists in the comics, but only in what it looks like. It looks like she's only in Little Archie comics. Um, Which is so weird. And she is like on the serpents sort of side. What I thought was kind of weird, and, like, of course, I'm the one to notice this, but he walks into the tattoo shop, and you can see this sign behind him that says tattoo, but it says tattoo front ways. Like, if he was actually walking into this, like, the sign should say tattoo the other way. I noticed that, too. I was like, what the hell? Why is it not backwards? I was like, someone made this set. Exactly. That was so weird. (laughs) She loves the serpents because they put her through law school, and, like... Yeah, they're really smart because they figured it would be good to have someone who would help them out of, like, situations and stuff. Yeah, they kind of needed some legal representation. Hmm, wonder why. Probably because they commit a lot of crime. And so she's like, yeah, the deal that your dad got was garbage. Um, There aren't any loopholes here, but you should try and get the victim's family to forgive him. Don't have to pay me just with, like, a favor later. Okay? Tell FP to wear a tie. I like her. Yeah. I know that FP's, she, she like, seems wonderfully snake-like. But I like her. Oh, oh yeah. No, she's, like, she's literally going to turn out to be an absolutely fantastic villain. I love her. Yeah. I want to be her best friend now. Absolutely. They go to Cheryl's house, and this is Thistle House. I'm like, where did you find this? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Betty and Jughead are on one side of the table, which is literally just, like, so it's easier to shoot. Pretty sure. Pretty Why sure. would they do that in exactly. any, any other reason? Either way, the Blossoms will not show mercy. This is a, He's a reminder of the darkest chapter of their lives. <laughs> Jughead's basically like, listen, I would blackmail them, but I can't. Yeah, he's like, uh, this is not my area of expertise. And Betty's like, ah, but I can. Yeah. The people who are actually buying Pop Shop is called Chugmo, the liquor store. <laughs> what is that about? <laughs> I'm, like, trying to figure out what Chugmo is, like, short for. I, like, Googled it, and it didn't really come up with anything, so I'm not sure. Are you kidding me? What? Chugmore. Oh. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my God. 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 Are you kidding me in this moment? No. 
Chug more, chug mo, chug more. You shouldn't chug alcohol, that's bad for you. <laughs> you delight me. I'm like literally thinking hard about this. Oh my god, what is wrong with you? It's because Chugmo sounds like, doesn't really sound like the name of a liquor store. It sounds like the name of like a, like a, um, like a 7-Eleven. Yeah, but that's the whole point. That's the whole joke with Riverdale is like when Veronica was like, oh, I went to Bean and Beluga and I was killing myself laughing because like all the replacement names for stuff crack me up. It's like Dean and Deluca. Bean and Beluca. What? Chugmo. So is Chugmo a thing already in real life? No, because they don't use real company names. Yeah, but is it is there something close that's in real life? I don't think so. Because usually they do that, like, American Access card. Or, or uh, Glamazon.com. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Basically, he wants to get FP's Last Supper, and Pop has Ollivander-esque memory. She remember exactly what his favorite is. I love that Pop is, like, this weirdly, like, almost supernatural human. <gasps> okay, theory, Pop is immortal. Okay, I would super love that, actually. Okay. I want it to be a thing now. Betty's like, don't sell to the thing. The part that bothers me the most about this is that she just leaves her, like, fully uneaten meal. Yeah, I was like, are you really going to leave a burger there? Like, come on, man. I'm like, well, don't throw it out. Give it to somebody. Tell Pop you can have it. He probably hasn't eaten. We have Cheryl in her undies. Super jealous of her bra. It was nice. I'm just trying to remember. Like, we see shirtless dudes on this show all the time, but, like... We don't usually see girls in their underwear in, on the show, unless I'm misremembering. Yeah, but they're always in their cheerleading uniforms and stuff. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Betty chooses to blackmail Cheryl. Um, <laughs> she's got, like, the most Sharpay locker I've ever seen. That locker was incredible. Sharpays. My locker, like, the shelf barely held up. Yeah. Her locker, freaking art. She uses the phrase fun girl talk, which is a throwback to season one, when Cheryl, like, I feel came to you do? Yes. I mean, what? it was real they, queer baby the first time they did it. They have the weirdest chemistry. It is weird. It kind of makes me uncomfortable. And also, I'm like, you're related. It's, like, weirdly, like, like sexually charged. And I'm not just, like, reading this. Like, it's just why, those actors are choosing to do something that I'm like, oh, all right. You're related. They're, well, but, but are they? Yes. I mean, yes, they are. <laughs> um, she's like... Here's what will happen if you help us with FP. You'll give us the video. Or, like, we'll give you the video or else it'll go viral. Mm-hmm. And also the Vixens have to help with Retro Night. And she's like, okay, fine, whatever. They're, like, cleaning up pops and stuff. Once they're at the trial, Cheryl is testifying. It doesn't really work too much. Cheryl commits perjury. Like you do. Um, just, that's just that- another day in Riverdale. Yeah, says that FP was threatened, which, like, he was, just not really about that thing specifically. And they're like, oh, we will reevaluate the case. I was like, y'all just didn't notice that she just lied on the stand really obviously? Really obviously. And point out that Jughead took off his hat to hug his dad. But you you, you love those little moments, right? Like, the, the little Juggy, like, vulnerability moments? Yeah, I mean, that's how you know. It's because he took off his hat. Yeah. That's why I'm pointing it out. No, I think it's sweet. I think so, too. 
I like the, the those choices that Cole Sprouse makes as an actor. Yeah. Good job, bud. Uh, okay, so they're all at Pops, and they all have these uniforms, but, like, no one's here, and so Alice shows up, and she's gonna, like, sit and write an article. It, like, kind of annoys me that Alice, like, sits in a booth, takes up an entire booth for herself for the entire night. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, girl, especially because it's, like, a real prime space, too. Okay, but, like, <laughs> Alice is that woman on the subway who puts all her stuff next to her in her seat so that no one can sit next to her. You're totally right, and, like, someone would come up and be like, um, can we sit here or whatever, and she'll just be like, um, I got here first. Yep. But, like, no one would approach Alice. Alice has the most fantastic resting bitch face of anyone I've ever seen. It's true. Also, shout out to reporter Alice, like, journalist Alice. I am so here for this. Some of the girls are wearing roller skates, and some of them aren't. Yeah, what's up with that? Not sure what's that about. Sorry, if you're a principal cast member, we can't afford the insurance for you to be wearing roller skates. (laughs) Josie and Mel show up and they're like um you said we do a free concert here what the heck Val is sick and it's like you mean Val couldn't come to this one thing or like Val is the girl who plays Val is busy yeah what Um, happened I don't know Val was in last episode so I'm assuming that she was just busy for this one yeah and she's she'll be okay and she'll be back but I thought um part of the qualifications for being a pussycat were that you had to be a woman of color See, that's, that was my first thought. Yeah. And my second thought was, Josie is a vixen. Why isn't she here helping? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't know. Listen, there's plot holes in this show, but we forgive a lot of them because it's mm-hmm. so entertaining. Because season two so far is far more entertaining than season one. Fully agree. Yeah. So Cheryl's going to do it. She's like, listen, I'll know the lyrics if it's a cover. And they're like, okay, sure, whatever. So they do My Milkshake Brings All the Boys to the Yard, which of course they do, and it's amazing. Literally, the arrangement of that actually was a total banger. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Like, I want them to release that on iTunes. Is it on Spotify right now? I need to know. Girl, I don't know. You should check, though. Candy Girl, Sugar Sugar. We're the kids in America. Yeah. Oh, no, it's just the season one. Oh, Milkshake, it's here! Yes! Save and add to playlist. Thank you so much. It's such a it's such a jam. There it is. I'm I've got it. Cool. Excellent. Sweet. All right. So that's on Spotify. Everyone go check it out. Alice sees the serpents, takes pictures. They give Cheryl the video. Um, Archie see. I I wrote A, so I assume it's Archie, but it's actually Alice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sees the drug deal. Pops out here giving shoutouts to Betty and the lodges, which is nice. It brings me joy to see Pop happy and having a plot line yeah where was he last season it's gonna bother me forever but i do but the thing the thing is they're killing off other characters and more characters are coming through and i'm like i don't know whether i love or hate this but i know that i like having pop around that's the thing that bothers me the most that they like literally just gave us midge and i was waiting for midge all first season oh i know you waited the entire time Literally, do you remember when Kevin first brought up Midge and I was like, where is she? Yep. <laughs> Became Hulk, wanted Midge. <sighs> Still pupset. Uh, anyway. A weird thing that happens is that Cheryl's just like, Mom, I brought you this video of a traumatic thing. Maybe it'll bring you peace to watch it. And I'm like, huh? Yeah, um, you know what? That's how Blossoms deal with things, Okay. Okay. It didn't make any freaking sense, but you know what? To them, it did. I don't get it, but sure. I don't I don't get it. Whatever, okay. I don't think we ever will. The last thing that we have is Jughead making a sandwich, and then 
because of course he is. FP calls him and is just like, I hello, I am here to warn you against Penny Peabody. Stay away from her. And calls her the snake charmer. And I'm like, snaps. <laughs> I love it. I love her. I want her to stay forever. Yep. I love her. Okay. Um, and then lastly, Alice says that Betty is the one who is just like, you have helped crime happen here. And I'm like, that's harsh, but okay. I was like, do you really need to be telling your child that? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. She's like, it's like Alice now is at the point where she's not going to stop Betty from doing things. She's going to mm-hmm. watch Betty make mistakes and then comment on it snarkily. And it's like, yep. you know what? That's what this podcast is about. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you ready to move on to the ending? Yes. So the one thing that I like really picked up from this and it's like the thing that it should be is like, oh my God, Midge and Moose are potentially dead. But the thing that I like bothered me the most was that Midge was wearing a uniform, like a pops uniform. And I'm like, is she a vixen? Why have we not seen her being a vixen? Like, why didn't they care enough to like introduce us to Midge at all? I don't see what the point of not having her was, especially when they weren't, especially when they weren't pursuing Kevin and Moose. So like, why not? I don't know. I think it was so they could make Moose quote unquote straight again. Right. So that they weren't like, hey, we're not exploring Moose or giving him any characterization because we're going to kill him at some point. And it's like, okie dokie. I'm loving that Jingle Jangle is distributed in Pixie Sticks. I think that's hilarious. Oh, yeah. I love it. Especially since Pixie Six are basically drugs. Yeah. You ever just, you're just, you're just shooting straight sugar. Mm-hmm. Once again, Moose has a Riverdale license plate when it should be New York or whatever. Um, the gunman potentially kills them. And then my question is, Archie cares about question mark? Illegal activity question mark? Which we kind of already talked about. What the hell? Yeah. Do, do they think they're gonna get just get away with killing off a bi character and bi people aren't gonna notice? Uh uh-uh, uh, honey. I noticed. You noticed. Uh huh. It happened. Here, <laughs> I hope that both of them survive. And then it's just like, dude, you're one for four right now. <laughs> you, you're not doing a great job. It's like that's actually why he switched the bow because the gun just really wasn't working. I know, and then he's like, well, now I've had good luck, so maybe I can try again. It's just like, I hope that they live. I really I, do. I don't I know if they will, but I do hope they do. Cannot abide if they die. Because one, <laughs> you've just killed, you've literally just like fridged a woman and a member of the LGBT community. That's bad. Well, her, her name rhymes with that. Yeah, but even if, <laughs> I don't want to talk to you anymore. Okay. Um... <laughs> But even if you're not looking at the social ramifications of it, what the hell? Moose yeah. and Midge are totally iconic characters in the iconic. Archie universe, and they yes. killed them. <sighs> That's why I was waiting for her. You can't kill Moose and Midge. Moose and Midge were two of my favorite characters when I was growing yeah. up reading the comics. Because they were always in a stable and wonderful relationship. Yeah, like, Moose was always really protective of her, mm-hmm. but, like, in a really sweet way, and he never went, like, too, too far with it. No. <sighs> sadness i don't get it i don't i don't love it i don't support it i'm hoping they're not dead i haven't even Me seen too. the preview for next week so i don't even know what it's about but i'm kind of gonna do they that don't just sweep these murders under the rug should we do our segments yeet all right so my first segment is called asexual jughead question mark question mark question mark 
And uh, nothing has ruined that for me in this episode so far. So cool. And my segment is, did Jughead eat a burger? Heck yes, Jughead ate a burger. Jughead ate like a whole burger. Truth. And then Betty left her burger behind and now I really want a burger. <gasps> I like. Re- I really want a burger like right now. You should have one. Where am I going to... I live in downtown Vancouver. I could get a burger anywhere I want. What am I even talking about? Yeah. Uh, now it's time for our Best Line Awards. So mine this week goes to Alice for... Spreading ourselves a little thin as the patron saint of lost causes, aren't we, Betty? <laughs> I'm sorry. I live genius. for her. She's such a bitch and I love her. She's the best. And my honorable mention goes to Cheryl for... Hello? Fight hello. And my Best Line Award also goes to Cheryl for... You're a stone-cold bitch, Betty Cooper. Yeah. Because I love it. And I love Cheryl. Okay, so we like to do this on our The 100 podcast where we will live react to the trailer. Yes. Um, so Brittany hasn't seen it yet, which is really exciting. And I have like a whole bunch of notes about how I like uh, some predictions slash thoughts about it. So I'm going to go ahead and send you the link to that right now. I'm super excited to see this because um, I only just got to watch both episodes today. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I was like so pleasantly surprised that this season was like really good because yeah. when we left out the end of last season I was like this show has exhausted me <laughs> yeah okay I'm ready three two one go okay. we're not waiting around for the next attack oh. Oh. From now on we're protecting our own so Ethel Shannon Purser's back that wrath is the price of your life. Alice's hair is getting bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Your secrets. I want you to have more respect for See, yourself. who Wait, is that? Who are the gays? Who are the gays? I know. To my daughter's bedroom. This Ew, is the what? Ew. Yeah. Riverdale, all new episode. This I like that, like, there's a lot of, like, really serious stuff going on in this trailer, and then, like, Jughead's dilemma in this trailer is that he got stuck behind a door. <laughs> 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 okay, so here's some of my points mm-hmm. first of all so ethel it's number one we're worried about ethel ethel is potentially the next one to die and then my other things were about the black hood which we kind of discussed already kevin is making out with somebody but we don't know with who because potentially moose is dead so who else could it be it was not joaquin because joaquin is not that large i don't know but whoever it is they both have fantastic arms <laughs> i need to know i'm very excited for next week yeah um, this is fantastic Betty talks about how Kevin needs to have more respect for himself. This is interesting to me because they don't really talk much about actual Kevin. Like, Kevin doesn't get his, like, own episodes, you know? This is feeling very Kevin-centric, and I love it. Kevin is always um, an accessory to the other people's plot lines, Mm -hmm. which is why I've brought up, like, a couple times whenever I do, like, roundtables about LGBT representation, is, like, we literally can't just be tokens to other people's plot lines. Yeah. You gotta give LGBT people actual plot lines because we're not Mm going to be satisfied with just being, like, the sassy gay friend. Yeah. You know? There's a whole thing with Hiram and Archie and something with Jughead <laughs> in trouble. I don't know. I love that Hiram walks into her, uh, Veronica's life and he's like, I'm going to take over everything and give Archie the yeah. dad talk. And I'm like, dude, you're making Archie look good to me. <laughs> uh, another thing that I forgot to mention when we were talking about the ending was that the song that was playing was called Season of the Witch. And so it's like, where's Sabrina? See? Do you know how upset I was that they said Sabrina the Teenage Witch was going to be in the last season and it was just a comic book someone was reading? Ugh. I want Sabrina the Teenage Witch back. I'm excited. I hope she does. I hope she gets in in here. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. 
If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too, and hopefully we'll get to talk about it, like, soonish. <laughs> Come um, on, man. We also have a Lost podcast, aka My Pride and Joy. If you're a fan of the show, definitely come hang out with us. Uh, it's pretty easy to f- to find us. You just search The Aficionados on SoundCloud or iTunes slash however you found this one. Uh, but we talk about uh, the show with no spoilers, and then we talk about spoilers at the end. So it's kind of for everyone if you're just watching for the first time or if you've watched a couple times already. Yeah, yeah, please come hang out with us. We have so much fun over there. And that's where we actually have guests. Yes, so we do. you can be a guest if you want. I don't know. Up to yeah. you. <laughs> do you? <laughs> you can follow The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, on Tumblr at The Aficionados. Follow me on Twitter and I'll do the same. Uh, our Patreon is patreon.com slash The Aficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating. We're poor. <laughs> We're poor and SoundCloud's expensive. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And also, can we just give a brief shout out to Sam for coming and pitch hitting for me last week? Yes, Thank Sam. you, honey. I don't deserve I her, but girl. I get her anyway. Fun fact, we're going to all be together, all three of us, eventually. Yeah, Sam and I are your new moms. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. For raising me. Yeah. Well, your your mom did a really good job for like the first, you know, 22 years. And now we're going to yeah. take over. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Join us for our next episode, which is episode 203, The Watcher in the Woods. Ooh. Which is, let me check, I wrote it down, is a 1980 horror film that stars sisters who are trying to solve a mystery about a missing girl in the woods, which is potentially Ethel. Oh, wait, but our next episode, we have to explain about what happens with the next episode. Yeah. Okay, so here's the deal with the next episode. Sam and I are going to Disney World for her birthday. Yeah. So we will not be recording this until after I get back, so we're going to release... Two separate podcasts, but it won't be for, what, another two weeks? Yeah, and if, uh, and we'll be uploading, or we'll be recording the next episode after we've seen 204. Yeah, we're gonna do it, like, spoiler-free, or, yeah, for each one. Yeah, unless someone's out here being like, this is unacceptable, I personally (laughs) will record with Robin next week, in which case, hit me up, I'm not opposed. I'm, I'm not opposed to being replaced, guys. It's okay. She'll be here any other time except she has priorities, which everyone should respect. I have to take Disney my girlfriend World. to Disney World, okay? It's her birthday. It's like, yeah, we would usually use our understudy, Sam, but Sam is also going. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we'll see. Hopefully, potentially, we'll still have an episode next week. But if not, you'll get two the next week after that. Okay, love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye. Ba 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 ba